over several days as we were reading the gospel, we hear of Jesus giving witness to that profound union that exists between him and the Father. So much so that he uses the expression, I am. I am refers to the, the revelation of God to Moses. When Moses asks the Lord, as you remember the burning bush, and he hears the voice, come no near. This is a holy ground. And uh, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so it is there that Moses asked the Lord, what is your name that I may know? When I come to the people and I say, the God of my fathers, the God of our fathers, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has spoken to me. He said, what is the name? And the Lord at that moment said, I am who I am. I am the one who always is, always exists, always is there. I am. So the name I am, which Jesus spoke, spoke to the people of, of the, the people of God, your people, whether he spoke to the Pharisees or others, or today as he speaks to his disciples, that when it happens, the suffering, death, and resurrection, when the Paschal mystery takes place before you, know that I am, know that I am God, know that I am the Lord. This is how God, the Adonai, Kyrios in Greek, this is how a God would be known. They would not pronounce the, the expression, uh, you know, the I am, who am. They would be afraid to even say it, but they would, they would say it, the Lord. For them, the God, their God, and the God of all universe, the creator, the savior, those who saved them from the slavery in Egypt, he was known by the people as the Lord, the Lord, Adonai. Curious in Greek. And so the, the, when, when those who meditated on the reality of what Jesus did, suffered, died, and rose from the dead, and then he appeared to them, they realized that he is the Lord. Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is God. Jesus is the one who always is, always was, and always will be. And he is the one who's so close with the Father. He's the Son. He's the Son. Begot, not made, not created. Always was with God. The Father, a part of that unity, which we call the Holy Trinity, together with the Holy Spirit. God, triune God, one in nature, three in persons. A triune God. And so Jesus is the Lord. He is the one. And not only that, but they realize, as St. Paul as well, that he is with them. In that mystical communion, he's always with them. He's always there for them. He's always there because as God, he's always with us. As God, he's always with us. And in a special way, he's with us through the presence of the Holy Spirit. In a special way, he's present to us through the Eucharist. In a special way, he's present to us through the Word. Word becoming flesh, a word alive. When we preach the gospel, it touches the heart because the gospel is the gospel of salvation. 
gospel is about God who comes and tries to rescue us, but he's inviting us. He tries to because I, we, he always leaves us the freedom. But objectively speaking, he has given us the, the gift already. The gift of salvation is available to everyone because he died for everyone and he died and he rose for us to, to, give, us, to give us hope. So Jesus is the Lord, he's the savior, he's the one who is with us. He's the one who will always be there for us in that mystical body, in that mystical communion. And so the, the disciples during the persecution, but they also, after they deemed, where do they go? Many go to different parts of, of the present world. Many go to Antioch, and that's where Christianity began to quickly grow. And as you remember from, from, the, from the readings that it was Christians became all of a sudden, they became proclaimers because they also received the gift of the Holy Spirit. They were all dynamic. They were dynamic witnesses to Christ and his resurrection and dynamic witnesses to Christ as the Lord, the Lord. And so, as you know, Barnabas was sent from Jerusalem to help him out. He was there for a year teaching and guiding them and strengthening them. He's the one who also went to Tarsus and picked up Saul, the, the future Saint Paul, and he brought him to Antioch as well. And there they were growing in faith. And as you know, what happened in this Antioch? In Antioch, they prayed. They prayed to the Holy Spirit, they fasted. They asked the Lord what they should do. And the Lord gave them this beautiful uh, gift of knowledge. He said, no, set apart Paul and Barnabas, send them out on the missionary journey. And so yesterday we know that they set out for Cyprus. Then, then today, you know, the, from Pathos, Paul and his companions set sail and arrived at Perga in Pamphylia. And uh, then, then John was one of the one of the people that was part of their mission, left and returned to Jerusalem, and they continued on from Perga and reached Antioch in Pisidia. And on the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and took their seats. After the reading of the law and the prophets, the synagogue officials sent a word to them. My brothers, if one of you has a word of exhortation for the people, please speak. So it's this gathering in the synagogue that, that they're invited to share their word, word of God. But it, I wanted just to say a very interesting thing. You know, Antioch, you know, the Antioch, uh, the, the, from where they set sail and the Antioch in Pisidia, as it's known, it's interesting that Antioch has the name of the, of the great ruler Antiochus, who left the name behind, but it was his son who was wanted to destroy the very faith of God in Palestine. Isn't it interesting, I know ironic, that it is the one who 200 years ago wanted to destroy, wipe out the whole faith in Palestine. It was in that city that Christians began to grow. In that city, the one who carried the name Antiochus or Antioch, it was, it was a very place where God in his providence gave an incredible gift of growth in spiritual life in, in faith and fidelity. He has outside, obviously, Jerusalem, which was the center and, and places in, in the Palestine itself, but out of, the, out of Palestine was Antioch. And even today we have Antiochian rite, Christian rite, Roman rite, Antiochian, uh, liturgical rite as well. And so it is, it is, and then another thing is that they move and into another Antioch. Uh, again, the city that bears the name of Antiochus. 
And it is also there that, like today, the, in Presidia, another part, uh, where Paul gets up and he says, fellow Christians of Israel and you other, all you others who are God-fearing, listen, the God of this people of Israel chose our ancestors and exalted the people during their sojourn in the land of Egypt. This is how St. Paul begins begins to, to summarize the revelation, how God was there for them, how God uplifted the Ram and let them out, and then for 40 years took care of them in a desert. And when he destroyed the, the, the seven nations in the land of Canaan, we gave them this land as part of their inheritance, truly the Holy Land. And, and you know, at the end of 400 years with judges and prophets and all of them, God, God promised, um, a special king. First of all, the king was, was Saul, and then the, the, the extraordinary man of God, David. And then it was to David that he promised the descendants forever. And he speaks of this descendants, Jesus. Jesus, the one and to whom, to whom um, John the Baptist witness heralded the proclaiming of the, by proclaiming baptism of repentance, prepare the people of Israel, and he is the one. And he's the one who, who uh, he's the one who brought salvation. He's the one who has given us. So Saint Paul summarizes the, the 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 whole truth of of the history of Israel, how God was faithful to His word, how God the Father was faithful to His promises, and He fulfilled the promises of sending His Son. And so this is how Saint Paul introduces to, to the gospel to them by summarizing the Old Testament because it is the Lord. And you know, and St. Paul understood when they were teaching, they were preaching that they were preaching in the person of Christ, because he understood when he experienced the, his conversion on the way to Damascus, he understood that the Lord is, in, is mystically present in his people, mystically present. That's why the mystical presence of Christ in us, us who believe. Sometimes we say, do we really believe that the Lord is with us? Do we really believe that truly the God is indwelling in our hearts? Do we truly believe that we receive the Eucharist, even if it's spiritually, that he enters our heart by longing, by desire? Do we really believe that he can act within us, that he can do extraordinary things, even when we may face difficulties, problems, whatever it may be? This is what he tells us, that he loves us that he absolutely loves us and wants to take care of us. We have today a beautiful, powerful example of that indwelling of the Holy Spirit within our hearts, indwelling of our Lord when he comes to us. St. Catherine of Siena, what an extraordinary woman she was. Uh, she, she, she was born in, in, in 13, 1347. She lived only for 33 years just like St. Faustina or some other saints, extraordinary saints, lived for 33 years because she loved the Lord and she loved the Lord and meditated on his passion in a profound way. But I'll speak a little bit later about that. But just for first, she was the 24th child of a family, extraordinary and unusual to a family of 24 children. <clears throat> and someone would say, what would happen if this 24th child was not born? There would be such incredible loss of this incredible child, 24th. There were probably many others. Maybe there were, the parents were considering, yes, they were very important. She was not able to even get any education. 
but the Lord gave her something extraordinary. At the age of six, she experienced him. At the age of seven, she wanted to give herself completely to the Lord, child as she was. And yet this is what she received. She received a deeper awareness of his presence, deeper awareness of, of, his, of, of, his, of his love. She experienced even as a child, at the age of 16, she wanted to, um, and she joined the Dominicans, the tertiary Dominicans. And from that moment on, she grew in a profound way through meditation on Christ's life, meditations on his love, meditations on his presence. She loved the Eucharist. She, she loved Christ's passion, suffering and death because she understood who he was. She wanted to share with him. She wanted to share everything with him. And the Lord gave her so many graces as a result. You know, the Lord truly blessed her. Uh, she quickly grew in holiness and knowledge. She did not know how to read. She did not know how to write. So she quickly learned how to read, how to write. And again, what she left behind with this, such a limited education, just like Faustina too. She, she left an extraordinary, extraordinary book, The Dialogues of God's providence, of, of, of the, uh, the, the writings that she left behind are truly extraordinary, so much so that Pope Paul VI elevated her to be the, the doctor of the church because of the effect that she had, especially on, on her meditations on God's mercy, on God's love and mercies through, through the reflection on his suffering and death and dying for us. Now, um, I think that for us, it's probably hard to, to believe what she was able to accomplish. You know, sometimes I think, you know, we have great leaders, you know, we speak of historical figures, you know, sometimes even the ones that bear her name, like Catherine the Great, what did she do? Yes, she expanded Russia beyond that. She was a shrewd political leader. She was doing all kinds of things, grabbed also even territories beyond that. She was able to do many things, but she was a shrewd and not exactly a holy woman. And the things that she did, during her lifetime, what she was able to accomplish, some were recognized, but some of it she lost. The territory that she gained, she they had to be, be given away because it was taught, taken by, by force, by, by evil designs. And so you look at somebody's life, you know, yes, they may be important, and I, they are. And I'm not saying in terms of political and social leadership, but the things that we do not do with God's grace, the things that we do out of selfishness, out of evil designs, they never produce good. They may produce uh, seemingly good for a while, and then they lose at the end. So all the great things so-called during their lifetime when they're recognized, they're not. If they're not done with union with God because he's the truth, because they will never last long, because things that we do on our own will not last and especially things that we do out of, out, of, 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 out of evil intent or desire to conquer, to, to harm, to hurt, those things will not last. But those that we do out of love for God, in union with him, in union with Christ, those things last permanently. So one of the things that she did, a simple person as she was, a tertiary Dominican, uh, even though for, 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 for many decades, no one was able to move, you know, the, the, the papacy, as you know, was moved, was, was from Rome to Avignon in France. No one was able to convince, you know, the, the popes to, to, to return back to Rome. And yet there she is, she goes and she's able to do so. She was able to, to, to do extraordinary things 
with, with ramifications on, on social and political life because of her holiness, because of her union with Christ, because of her love. It was Pope, Paul, it was Pope Benedict XVI who, who spoke beautifully about women who were able to transform the world. And she, she included a number of people like Juliana of Norwich. Uh, she uh, uh, included St. Saint, Saint Margaret Mary Alacoque, St. Catherine, St. Faustina, the women who were able to accomplish extraordinary things, introducing feasts into the church, introducing devotions, great movement within the church. And here we have, and he spoke beautifully about her. You know, he says, uh, what happened to her when she entered religious life? Her fame of her holiness, the fame of her holiness began to spread. And there was an in intense activity of spiritual guidance for people from every walk of life, nobles and politicians, artists and ordinary people, consecrated men and women and religious, including Pope Gregory XI, who was living on Union, was affected by him, became trans trans transformed by that, by that powerful intercession that she had. Yes, that she experienced opposition, absolutely, like many saints. You know, she, she grew, um, she knew great sufferings. You know, she was questioned and doubted and interrogated and. Now, but how did uh, how did she become to well known? Is not only through what she did in terms of her her witness to faith, but also what she left behind, and contained in a dialogue, divine providence, as well as 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 her letters and collection and prayers, all those things that she left behind kind of solidified her 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 position as as an extraordinary woman with limited education and yet she, she learned how to do things on her own, how to write, how to read, and of course the great mystical writings that she left behind. Also what she was important for, for a profound and deep spiritual life of that union with Christ, that mystical union with Christ. Um, she, 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 had, she experienced what is known as the spiritual marriage, a spousal of her soul, her heart with Christ. And same thing with St. Faustina. She also experienced that. As, as you can see, these women who, who were so on fire with the love of God, who allowed themselves to be formed by Christ, who through meditation on his passion, through Eucharist especially, through meditation on his presence in their very, very lives, in their hearts, they were able to accomplish such extraordinary things. Yes, she received in a, in a special way that, that, that type of gift which you know is known as the is a marriage is a you know the mystical marriage of the espousal and receiving that that special gift of being so close to the lord that that uh, that she was able to to manifest that in her life and finally uh, she received other spiritual gifts including the gift of seeing jesus as the bridge between heaven and earth and she is the one who enters this bridge this bridge that through the steps of holiness entering into the very Christ himself and entering heaven and glory. So maybe then today, as we have several things, one is Jesus is the great I am. He's the Lord, he's the curious, he's the mystical giver of salvation. He's united with us. The disciples 
came to know, that the apostles came to know, and the effectiveness of their life on, on the world in which they live. And we see this again in the life of St. Catherine. This is who she became because of the power of God's love present in her, power of Christ's presence, personal presence. And we're invited to receive that gift. We're invited to share in that gift. We are asked to, to continue seek the paths of holiness because it's only in those things that we will bring greater and greater good to the, to the place around us. It is only through his presence, through following him, we will bring lasting good, things that will help, truly help, transform the society into being a better place and help individuals, all of us, men and women, that we may be more and more like, 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 like the Lord through imitation of her. And God is generous, he will give us himself because that's why, he, that's why Jesus came to this earth so that we may be divinized, share divine glory forever. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.